Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Joining me this week is Johnny Tak. Johnny is the Director of Admissions at Restart, a program that specializes in technology addiction. The subject matter of this episode is a huge concern for many families, including my own. A survey from Parents Together found that of 3,000 parents surveyed, 85% were worried about the length of time their children spend online. If you've been a listener here, you know that I'm a mom to two teenage boys. My boys are gamers. They enjoy gaming. A lot. And so do many of their friends. And when they aren't gaming, they're probably watching a YouTube video or on Snapchat or insert social media here. Yes, our kids are stuck at home and bored at home right now, and that's certainly making it harder to limit online activity. But tech abuse and addiction have been happening long before the pandemic. Do I think my boys have an addiction? No. But I'm also not naive enough to think that it isn't possible. So when I learned about the Restart program through a friend, it was clear to me that I needed to publish an episode about the subject of technology and gaming addiction. One more thing worth mentioning. After I interviewed Johnny for this episode, our family sat down together on a Sunday night and had an honest and not-so-easy conversation about our technology use. We agreed, some more reluctantly than others, that it was time for a change. So we drafted a contract and set some healthy technology use boundaries, with very clear consequences if when those boundaries get broken. We're only in week one of the contract, but so far so good. I'll keep you posted on my social media if you're interested in following me for updates. And if you want to learn more about implementing a contract for your own family, feel free to reach out to me via the High School Hamster Wheel website or Facebook page. And with that, I bring you my conversation with Johnny Tuck. Welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Are you tired of watching the teenagers in your life trying desperately to keep up on the high school hamster wheel? Is your teen confused about which direction to take after high school graduation? Our world is changing, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they can feel empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we will explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and I can't wait to take this journey with you. Hi, Johnny. Thanks so much for being here today on the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Betsy. I'm, I'm looking forward to the, to the discussion, so thanks for having me. Sure, sure. This topic is near and dear to my heart, and yeah. I know a lot of parents that are struggling with it, and with regard to their teens, their young adults, well, and even themselves, if I'm being honest, um, and that is technology addiction. I have a long list of questions to ask, but before we get to that, would you just take a minute or two and just introduce yourself to my audience? Sure, yeah. Um, so my, my name is Johnny Tak. Um, I am currently and have been for the past four years the director of admissions over at Restart, um, which is a center for internet and video game addiction. So, you know, under the umbrella of, of tech addiction, really, um, where we treat mental health 
but also with this understanding of the role that that technology is playing within that mental health. So, so yeah, the first one in the country uh, that that specialized in this. And uh, so, yeah, it's especially with these trying times, um, giving information and, and sharing information with, with folks uh, has been another part of our mission. Yeah, I didn't know you were the first in the country. Um, I'll be honest, yeah. I didn't even know you existed until our mutual friend Joanna Lilly told me. Yeah, and uh, I think the work that you guys are doing is incredible and so necessary. Let's start. Let's start with really kind of at the beginning. So, yep. internet and gaming addiction. How far back does that go? I mean, I know we're in the era of technology, but when did this get recognized as kind of a thing? Right. So people started seeing cases ever since the 80s. You know, I I think that the first actual study uh, that took place was, I believe it was 89. Um, Don't quote me on that. Um, But around that time, um, you know, our co-founder, so research has been around 11 years. Our co-founders started specializing in this in this before the internet had pictures. So we started seeing this draw to it, you know, as soon as, as video games and, and computers came on the scene, but as those things have become a lot more immersive um, and uh, offering us more and more stimulation. And as a society, as we've re- become more and more relying on it, you know, those cases has, uh, have increased, uh, tremendously. So, you know, yes, from, from, you know, the, the late eighties, early nineties, we started to see it pop up, but you know, nothing like we're seeing today. Um, yeah. And, and it just got recognized by the world health organization. Um, that was in 2019, May of 2019, um, which was a huge step. It's still not in the DSM yet. But, you know, we're, we're guessing probably will be, um, as, as an actual, you know, diagnosis, but, um, but yeah, we're, we're moving in that direction. Well, and with everything that's gone on over the past year between COVID and just the environment of social media, for lack of a better way to put it, people have had their, not just youth, teens and young adults, Mm -hmm. but people in general have had their noses buried in their phones and their computers and, all that, but we're going to specifically talk about how it relates to teens and young adults. And as a parent of two teenage boys who mm-hmm. are gamers, I mean, there's no other way to put it, and game a lot of their waking moments, mm-hmm. especially now that they're home and not out socializing with their friends. It's a concern, I'll be honest. And I hear it from a lot of parents, both, you know, friends and acquaintances and just, you know, anything you read online too, right? It's all about technology and how it's affecting our young people. So what are like the early warning signs for a parent who might be concerned about the amount of time their kids are online, what they're doing, how they're spending that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's tricky because... Um, you know, studies have shown that that using technology is good, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, using social media to, um, you know, an appropriate amount is actually, you know, decreases anxiety and decreases depression. You know, you feel like you're part of a community and a tribe and, and you know, it's how people communicate nowadays. So that's, that's good. 
Um, but it's when, you know, it becomes excessive when it starts overtaking other priorities. Um, and when it starts to just lead to, to an unhealthy lifestyle is, is when it becomes an issue or problem. Um, there's only so many hours in a day, right? And when you think about what is important to your day, what is important in, in creating a healthy lifestyle for yourself, you know, that's going to include sleep. That's going to include probably exercise, uh, moving around is going to include connecting with friends and family. Um, it'll probably include schoolwork, studying, um, or maybe a, a job and then you'll have free time, right? You know, and then, then you have time to do other things. And so, and this is similar to other addictions, right? Like, right. you know, when the addiction starts to overshadow, you know, other things and, and, and when its use starts to become problematic is when it, it, it starts, you know, to be classified as an addiction. But when, yeah, you are choosing to game over sleep, when you are choosing to game over doing your schoolwork, um, all those things are, are when it starts to, to really become an issue or problem. And part of the way to combat it, or, or, you know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but, um, you know, when that is all that you're doing, the bigger issue or the bigger problem is that your identity starts to, to be intertwined with it, right? Hmm. You know, now your basic needs are being met by a game or, or a device. Um, your feelings of self-worth are now connected to how many likes you have on a post or, you know, what level you're on in a game. Your entire social network is now online. Um, you're not outside playing with the neighbors anymore. You're up at 4 a.m. playing with a friend in Japan who you've never met face to face, right? Right. Um, so now your social network is online. How you're coping with everybody struggles with anxiety and depression to a certain extent, you know, sadness and, and stress. Um, but how you cope with that is now through gaming or, you know, through, in, through being distracted on your devices. Um, so all these things are now you're relying on your device. So, so that is, and this is where as a parent, you probably can relate to this more than, uh, than anything I'm talking about setting limits on a device, uh, you know, saying, put your device away, you know, you know, you can't play anymore today or whatever the discussion is, um, for many parents, all of a sudden they'll get this huge emotional reaction. Yep. Like, you know, you know, their, their kid will change, um, in an instant to, you know, lashing out, you know, uh, a temper tantrum, maybe that you would, you would see from a younger kid. Um, and, and part of that is because, you know, when you set a limit on that, when you take it away, you're, you're taking away how they've learned how to survive. Mm. Um, and how they're, they've, they've met a lot of their basic needs. And so it's so much bigger than just taking away something that they like and enjoy. Now it's, it's become something so much more. And that is, is the problem. Uh, that it has now become something that is is so important to them. Um, is it like a dependency where they become dependent on it? Absolutely. You know, even from a brain chemistry standpoint, you know, that that excessive release of dopamine, um, yeah. you know, they, they can become dependent on it. That's why at Restart, they actually go through a detox period um, where they detox from technology. We have to get their brain regulated um, and and back on track. Um, because yeah, there, there is that dependence that, that gets built. Wow. So what is, 
I'm going to come back to some other questions, but now that you brought that up, so what does that look like? What does a, a technology detox look like? So, you know, it's going to look like grumpiness. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there, so there's going to definitely be some irritability. Um, there is going to be, you know, maybe some lucid dreaming. Maybe they start to dream about, about games and uh, maybe there's a lack of sleep. Maybe that there's, there's depression. You know, maybe they slip into to a depression while it's going on. In very extreme situations, we've seen physical symptoms mm-hmm. where, you know, you know, there's that similarity to, to addiction, right? There's, there's that strong of a connection where they, they actually are, are in pain, but th- th- those would be in, in extreme cases. Okay. So again, and I know it's probably a gray area, right? It's not a hard line in the sand, but for an average teen who's home and gaming, is there a a set of rules, like how much is too much or, because here's the other thing. So teens, you know, we all know that their circadian clock, they're up late, right? Sleep late. They're not, their clocks, they're not internally wired to get up at 7am and go to bed at Mm -hmm. nine, right? So they're up until the wee hours of the night, midnight or later, and they're gaming. And some of them might say, well, that's how I, I connect with my friends right now because they're not seeing them in person. I mean, literally, their friends around the corner are online with them. Yeah. Um, but again, how do you get them to understand that this much is too much, whatever that is, or maybe it's different for every person? Right. So, and it is going to be different for every person, right? Um, to a certain extent. Um, and a lot of it has to do with balance. So how well are you able to balance the rest of your time? and and lead a healthy lifestyle and, and then use that other time to to game or do whatever. So so that's gonna play an important role in in kind of figuring that out. I think right now like the the recommender time is is I believe two hours or around there of of tech a day. I think that's impossible. Um same. And and I, I, I think especially this year that's very much impossible. Um you know my my advice for this year has always been do your best. <laughs> mm. um, and I know sometimes, especially with, with tech use, parents want to have like a firm number, like a black and white number, like, okay, this is the number. Now you've reached that number and now it's off. Um, and unfortunately it's not that easy. Um, so I always go back to, okay, what's the rest of your time look like? You know, how are you spending the rest of your days? How connected are you to, to life outside of your screen? And, and so, you know, when that, that isn't happening, you know, then you need to, to make some of those adjustments and, 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 and change those hours up when it comes to sleep, one battle to take, and it's an, it's a hard one. I always say this knowing that part of it's is ridiculous because it's, I know it's such a hard battle, no devices in the bedroom. If you can tackle that battle and again, knowing how hard that battle is, you know, that's going to allow them to, to actually sleep at night. You know, we have kids that sleep with their phones under their pillows or sleep with their phones in their hand. And that's just unhealthy. Um, there's the other piece to it too, where when kids are using technology in their room late at night, there's a lack of, of knowledge about what's going on and what they're accessing. And so, you know, when, they're using those those things out in the open when they're using in the family room. I don't know what setup you have, 
but you know, there's that other side of, of, of tech and, and the other side of gaming now that it's a lot more immersive and, and our, it's, it's a lot more global and there's this huge social aspect to it is, you know, especially when we're talking about kids, they can slip into some, some pretty dangerous um, stuff. You know, we treat trauma here and, you know, yes, gaming might be an escape for trauma, but there's also the possibility of experiencing trauma while gaming, mm-hmm. um, experiencing trauma through tech, not just gaming, you know, whether it's, it's, you know, witnessing a, a live suicide online or early exposure to pornography, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, that age of first exposure to pornography decreases yearly, um, you know, because it's just more and more prevalent and, and kids are having access uh, unsupervised access at an earlier and earlier age, not to mention cyberbullying, which, you know, it's awful, but it's also this public toxic thing where you just, you know, not only are you being bullied, but you're being bullied and ostracized in front of your whole community. It's, it's terrible. Right. right. Um, and so, yeah, trying to make sure that, that, that stuff isn't going on underneath your radar as much as possible. Oof. Okay. So that, yeah, that's a lofty goal. No technology yeah. in the bedroom, especially because they're doing school from home right. and they have computers in their bedroom for that. Okay. So add that to the list. <laughs> um, Again, theme, theme of the year, try your best, right. do your best, right. you know, find out what you can do and what you can't. Well, and I like what you said about balance. And this is a message for all of us, right? If your technology is is outweighing the other things in your life, like getting outside and getting fresh air or, right. you know, interacting with humans, not behind a screen, those kind of things. Um, right. It's just all about balance. It's just hard to convince a teenager that they need balance in their lives. Right. And it's tough. So it's so tough this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, part of my advice is always, you know, get out in the community, you know, get, start participating in extracurricular activities. Right. Um, you know, the, the biggest way to battle isolation and depression is connection and relationships. And the great thing that happens at restart is while they're away from their devices, we expose them to exercise, healthy diet, healthy sleep interpersonal relationships and friendships where they're actually interacting with this person face to face, you know, reaching out and, and being able to touch them, uh, being able to play basketball and, and engage in this really important part of development that a lot of our, our young folks are missing out on, which is just outdoor play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going out to the playground and interacting with kids on, and, you know, playing tag or whatever it might be our, our young folks are missing out on, which, is leading to to a lack of 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 their development. You know, we're we're seeing eighteen year olds that are acting like ten year olds, and and that is definitely part of of the reason why. But then you know we're we're battling that this year with a hand tied behind our back, maybe, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which has just made made it so difficult. Don't you know that you're a 
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Is there a difference between platforms? So, for example, let's talk about YouTube for a minute. Mm -hmm. It is nonstop, round the clock, 24-7 entertainment on any topic you can possibly think of. And what about the teen who just literally watches YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube video? Yeah. Is the, I mean, is that handled differently? I mean, I guess I guess tech addiction is tech addiction, but is it is it different if it's gaming ver, you know, where you're interacting versus passive where you're just watching yeah. something? So there's there's some similar inter- interactions in the brain for sure. But because you're right, you are interacting in the game. You're a lot more engaged. Uh, there's going to be that that connection, that that addiction, that that draw is, is going to be much harder. And and that's what we're actually seeing with virtual reality too, where you know now you're taking something where you're engaging and and you have that that draw to it um, because it is so interactive. And now we're incorporating. Uh, the, the ability to make that experience even more immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's going to be just, it, it's like amplifying that. Right. And so now with, with the introduction of, of VR, I think, you know, we are, we are going to be looking at something very interesting in the next few years. As if it isn't hard enough. Now it's just going to be uh-huh, right. harder. So what about, do you have tips for parents to try and set healthy boundaries at home. I mean, I know you said try and keep tech out of the bedroom, mm-hmm. try and get them to get outside, have some balance, anything else. I mean, part of it is we're their parents, right? And they don't want to hear mm-hmm. it from us. You don't know. You don't get it. You know, you don't understand. This is the way I have fun. This is the only way I connect with other people right now. Like, do you mm-hmm. have other thoughts or suggestions for how we can? help them kind of get into the mindset of, oh yeah, this might be a problem for me. I need to work on this. Yeah. And that, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a hard thing to do. You know, one of the, the easier ways to do it is maybe not necessarily like needing to have that conversation, but exposing them to, because the other things are, are, are more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actual interpersonal relationships are more gratifying than online ones exercise makes you feel good. You know, connection with, with the world and, and fresh air makes you feel good. So, you know, kind of incorporating some of those, cause, cause that really has helped with our students buying at restart is they actually like feel better, mm-hmm. you know, they're happier. And so that, that's going to be, you know, a way to, to really pull them into it. Also, we as parents need to do a better job of role modeling. Oh, so true. Um, 
Yeah, and and so I, I think that with with a lot of our our folks at at, at Restart, you know, um, it usually is. It, it can be, you know, it it can be a, a family problem. One of the differences that parents have a hard time understanding is the idea that you know you us as parents did not grow up with devices. And so during these early stages of development where we were figuring out who we are and and how we meet our basic needs, um, we were able to do that without devices. And so now we have a core identity. And so we can maybe, even though we struggle with it, we can use it and then put it away. Even though it's, sometimes it's hard, uh, but but we can still do it a lot easier than our kids can. Now our kids, that that's not the case, right? You know, it's it, it's so intertwined with with who they think they are. But yeah, as parents, you know, we need to make sure that we are allowing, uh, we are role modeling those behaviors, and we're creating healthy attachments with our kids. You know, don't interact with your kid while you're also scrolling Facebook, right? Um, and and I think it's it's hard for us to understand the impact of just eye contact while we're interacting with our own children, or you know the underlying message that happens when um, they're talking to us, and then our phone goes off and we pick that up and look at it. So there's there's all sorts of things that we can do as parents to try and kind of set set them up better to be more engaged in in the family and and those healthy attachments that we create with our kids. They're going to carry those healthy attachments on to, you know, their, their friends and, you know, you know, future, you know, romantic relationships and, uh, and all those things. So it really is important that, that we're making those healthy connections with our kids. Hmm, that's great advice. And I think the other thing too, for me is they're going off to college or wherever they're going after high school in a couple of years. And I feel like they need to learn now how to self-regulate because yes. if they don't, I mean, they're still under my roof, but once they're in a college dorm or an apartment or wherever they are, all bets are off, right? It's up right. to them to set their schedule and, and set their boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah. And and we see that all the time and, and, and parents, bless their hearts, having to be on top of their kid to get everything done, right? Right. Um, you know, get your homework done, do your chores. You know, this is the fifth time I've remind, reminded you. My mom's favorite saying was, do you actually think I like to nag? <laughs> She's <laughs> right. So and as, a, as a parent, I'm like, oh, do I have to say this again to my kid? <laughs> um, so now they're they're off at college and, and we expect them to know how to do that independently. And they just, they just fail out immediately. You know, it's, they just don't have those skills on top of the fact that you're limiting your relationship with your kid. Mm. You're never going to move on from being the task master, having to, to tell your kid to do everything and now into their twenties and beyond. And, you know, it's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for your relationship with your kid. It's not, it's usually not healthy for your, your relationship with your spouse. And so, you know, one of the great things about, you know, restart or our young adult program is allowing families and parents to to rediscover their relationship, moving on to this the relationship where I'm here if you need me, I'm here when you need me to offer you support and guidance, but also this idea that that you are independent and I can trust that you're going to make some some good decisions for yourself, hmm. uh, which a lot of our families, you know, nowadays just aren't able to get there. Um, yeah. 
And that is the one of the distinctions between you know, internet and tech addiction. And, and I use that the word addiction loosely because there, there's some similarities, but definitely some, some differences uh, between substance addiction. But one of those differences that f- is that for a lot of our folks, we've used substance addiction as we need to get them help immediately or else they might die tomorrow. And, you know, that could be the, the case with extreme cases of tech addiction, right? Where they're just mal- malnourished and, but you know, those, those are rare but with substance addiction, that can be a legitimate fear, like they're going to overdose tomorrow or or potentially. So we need to, to get them help. With with tech and, and gaming and all that, it's not this idea of their life is at stake tomorrow, but it's like this lack of life that takes place, hmm. um, a lack of living, a lack of progressing into you know adulthood or, and, and, and some of the amazing things that that comes with. So you know now you're looking at people in their twenties and thirties and, you know, forties still living at home with parents, mm-hmm. not holding jobs, not, you know, getting married and having kids. If that is something that, that they wanted to do at one point, you know, that, that motivation isn't there. And so all that's taking place where it's just, they're just not living life the way they should, because chosen this life on a screen rather than, than experiencing the the life around us, which is, which is too bad. That is too bad. It's just, it feels like too, it's kind of an escape or like a numbing for them, Mm -hmm. right? They can just go into their game and not have to think about the stresses of school and life and the world around them. And they just disappear into their tech. Um, And I would guess that I'm sure, and I've read that not only is, is tech being used as like a numbing or like a coping mechanism, but it's actually creating some mental health issues in some young people. So mm-hmm. it's creating more anxiety and more stress and more depression, especially where social media is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what does it look like? I mean, if somebody, if a family comes to you and says, I think my teen may have a technology addiction, how does that work? I mean, you sit down with them and do an evaluation. What does the process look like for those who might be interested? Sure. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll have quite a few discussions, um, with me and, you know, maybe bring in some other members of, of our clinical team to, to kind of look at the case and, and ask some questions. If I'm able to talk with the kid, that's great. And one of the big questions is what happens when you try and set limits? What happens when you try and take it away? Mm-hmm. Um, because if, if your kid's fine with it being taken away, you know, then that really isn't an issue, right? <laughs> then right. just take it away. <laughs> but you know, they really, the people that call us are the ones that they try that and it's, it's impossible. You know, you know, they're, they're the families who have to lock up their routers in, in a safe at night or, um, you know, their gaming devices in the trunk of their car. And, and, and so, you know, that is where you look at, okay, what happens when it gets taken away? We have some of the nicest, sweetest, kindest kids that just lash out even aggressively, you know, to parents. And it really is just to parents. And it really is just apparent when they're taking their devices away or setting limits. But yeah, it, it's it's like this this other kind of of kid that comes out that you just don't know. And so those are some of those questions. And of course, it's important that you know we don't treat substance addiction over here. Mm-hmm. It's it's just kind of a, a different population of kid. You know, ours uh, students are the ones that pre COVID like don't want to be at the party. Mm. Um, doing drugs, many weren't like invited to the party and, and, you know, they don't really care 
because their their life is elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also they don't have a lot of those independent living skills, so they're not like a, a risk to run away or you know try and make it on their own. Which again is a difference from the the substance addiction population who you know have a little bit more of that that street savviness or or social savviness. Uh, to try and make it work um, on the street for a while, if you do try and set a firm boundary with them, and and so th- those are definitely some of those those distinctions and, and some of those questions that that we ask, because we are so specialized. It's interesting, you know. I would say uh, nine out of ten folks that call, you know, fit our our population because we are so specific in, in what we treat. Mm. And then when someone's admitted. What is there a typical length of stay? Is and I'm assuming they're. I think it goes without saying that they don't have any technology while they're there. Uh-huh. But do they have access to speak with their families, or are they Absolutely. in pretty much isolation from their from the outside world? Yeah, so we have two programs. We have an adolescent program and a young adult program, okay. um, and and they're similar in some ways but different in others. Um, in our adolescent program, it's a 12 week intensive. Okay. And then it's a full year school, so they can stick around longer afterwards. Oh. Um, but it's it's tech-free learning, so they're learning through textbooks and, and worksheets and getting individualized attention from our teachers. Wow. Um, we're very group-focused. You know, we want them connecting and building those relationships, so they'll do a, a few groups per day. Uh, we also, we're on, our adolescent program is on 32 acres, then indoor pool and basketball court and tennis court. Uh, there's a greenhouse, a garden, a gym, oh, wow. an art room, a music room. Uh, there's a, a commercial kitchen so they can learn how to cook some meals. There's We border a river so they fish and there's art. I mean, it is the perfect property to just get them outside. Yeah. Um, and and I had mentioned before, you know, outdoor play, you know, getting them outdoor outdoors, playing and connecting with each other. And they're doing individual therapy you know, working on those underlying issues that are going on as well as family therapy. So, you know, working on building those, those healthy connections and relationships with their family too. And, and the family working on boundaries and, mm-hmm. and, uh, how do I, um, uh, how can I be supportive when my kid comes back home? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's our adolescent program. And then our, our young adult program is similar in a lot of ways, but it takes place at a, a working ranch with dogs, cats, goats, horses, and chickens. And so, yeah, they're there six weeks at our working ranch, six weeks at our other house. But after that intensive, we have a transitional program where they, they get apartments with each other. They're still doing individual therapy and group therapy, but we, uh, they get part-time jobs and we start introducing technology slowly into their life. So, you know, easing them into, to using it more and more, but it's a nice step down for them to, to build off of their success. Yeah. Sounds like a great environment. Are you still doing this through COVID? Like, are you quarantining before they come yeah, in? And so we're doing when they arrive. And it's interesting. So we would need to know a little bit about the client before coming. Generally, our clients have been isolating prior to COVID. So they're they're not necessarily the the most at-risk population. But yeah, if they're traveling by plane and and if they've they've had some exposure or or potential to exposure, they'll do a quarantine over here. We were able to be you know twenty twenty um, COVID free. Wow, and fantastic! So we're uh, we're we're going for that in twenty twenty one. Fingers crossed. But yeah, so far so good. And you That's know great. what? A great year to do personal work. Uh, yeah. You are not missing out on anything. 
true. <laughs> that is by, so uh, true. Uh, by taking this year to to really make some changes and do doing some personal work. Oh, this is so helpful, and I'll, I'll be honest, it's eye opening, and it's making me a little bit uncomfortable, which is good. I need to be a little bit uncomfortable, I think, as a parent, because mm-hmm. I, you know, full disclosure, I like I said, my teens are gamers, and I. I worry about the frequency mm-hmm. of use and not just gaming, you know, technology online. I mean, their phones are glued to them. Right. And when they're not sitting at their computer, they have their phone in their hand. So this is going to be a, a good conversation starter in my house. Yeah, well, and it's interesting, you know, there'll be so many families that have had experiences where their kid might have gone and done like an outward bound or some sort of summer camp or something like that, where they didn't have a, their devices and right. their kid had a blast. Yep. Um, but then, you know, because there was no like personal work done, you know, during that time, or maybe there was, but, but not like specifically around their relationship with technology or what that might look like. Then they just go right back to their, their old patterns when they, when they get back home. But, you know, at least they're exposed to, to experiencing, you know, the beauty of, of connection. Yeah. Summer of 2019, we took a, vac- a family vacation to Maine um, on an island that had no Wi-Fi oh, yeah. in the cabins. And, oh, they were not happy about it. Uh-huh. They did not want to go, but they had a blast. And it was one of those things that you're right. Like once they got out there and they were outside and fishing and boating and we were doing, you know, board games and stuff as a family. They were having a blast, but as soon as we get home, it was back to technology, yeah. you know. And and I don't want to make it sound like my kids are literally around the clock, but it's every it, it's different for every family, mm-hmm. and every family has to decide. You know your kids, right? Like yeah. I know my kids, and I know what you would think. I would know when it becomes a problem. Yeah, and and. Sometimes it it is nice to even take that battle away and and just go to a place without, you know, yeah. reception. You know, we do that too. Yeah. You know, go camping and there's you know no choice but to be off of your devices. Um, so that might make it easier for parents uh, to, to kind of do a trip like that. Also, seeing if you can do a tech detox. You know, whether it's a day, a weekend, um. Uh, that can pre- be pretty eye-opening in terms of just how difficult that can be. Um, mm. But it also has been shown that that can be really helpful in terms of your mental health to be able to take, you know, some kind of break um, from your devices. Yeah, that's a great idea, especially for the whole family, yeah. all four of us off tech. That would be an interesting experiment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is so helpful. What uh, any other final thoughts or pieces of advice for parents of teens or young adults who might be struggling or curious? Sure. Yeah. So, um, no devices at mealtimes. That's another one that that you can do. That that can be really helpful. I think also being able to go through or have your kid go through their social media and do kind of like a social media audit is important. Um, and so, you know, you can get a, an idea, especially as kids, you know, you are changing, you are maturing. Um, and so, you know, I think it's, it's good that your social media can reflect, you know, your, your core values and, and who you are as a person and, and making sure that there's not something that contradicts that online. 
that's always something that was was nice throughout you know as me as a therapist when when kids would would leave uh we would get on their device you know we get on their devices and get on their social media so that they can look at and see okay i've made all this personal growth and and personal change now how much of of the old stuff do i need to shed and and get rid of uh it's it's a really important part of like severance and and you know you know moving forward and growth so you know doing that every once in a while is is good yeah we do that as adults i just yeah. went through and cleaned up my feeds yeah but it it didn't occur to me to ask my kids to do that that's a great idea cuz you're right they're changing they're growing they're maturing their values are becoming clearer to yeah. them and they don't need all those distractions of things that don't matter to them. Right. Hmm. Yep. It, and, awesome. and, you know, do your best. That's the, the top advice I can give for, for this year is just do your best. I think I might have to title the episode, do your best. Do your best. <laughs> yeah. And even as, you know, as, as parents, as people, I mean, yes, the pandemic, but also we have people that, or just like information binging going from, especially with like politics and the news cycles, like just soaking up information, right? There's just been so many reasons why we've been pulled to our devices this year. And I, I do think this is important too. Devices have been a lifesaver for us this year in terms of our ability to connect. You know, my, my mom lives in Illinois, I'm in Seattle, and she's able to FaceTime with her granddaughter every day. There are things that you can do to keep people engaged while using their devices. And, and you had mentioned that difference between YouTube and gaming, but there is, um, there's opportunities to, to be engaged more. There's lots of like YouTube videos geared towards kids where it gets them up and jumping around and, and doing those types of things. People have been able to get really creative this year with their zooms. Um, yeah. my daughter does a dance class with Disney princesses. So these wonderful, kind-hearted people dressing up as Disney princesses and doing Zooms for little kids. Um, How fun. Yes. I want to do that. (laughs) Yes. I I think there's some opportunities out there to use technology to keep you engaged and active. And um, and, um, there's amazing people that are using it for the right way um, in this this really difficult time. So um, it's not all bad. Yeah. It is not. You were right. This is just great, great information. I think it's going to help a lot of families who are maybe wondering how to help their kids, worried that maybe they're tipping in the direction of maybe not an addiction, but just too much use um, or maybe a dependency. But where can people find you and learn more online? I mean, you want to just tell us about your website and anywhere else that we can Yeah. So restartlife.com um, is where you can find us. And and there's some resources on that website as well, um, as well as a survey. So you can do a, a survey as a parent and as a child um, to kind of give yourself a, a good reading of how, how bad is it? <laughs> um, how, you know, do I need to, to cut back? Um, so, so that's always a good resource is to, to, to take that survey. And there's, there's some great material out there. Um, iGen by Gene uh, Twangy um, does a great job of, of really showcasing um, 
this new generation that that grows up with iPhones, right? And and so it's that's great in understanding this generation. Another great one is Irresistible by um, Adam Alter, um, and he does a great job of really kind of talking about what happens in the brain and, and the neural pathways. So and so so there's some great stuff um, oh, awesome. out there to to check. I'll out. include those links in the show notes, um, and those sound good to me. I love. I'm all about brain science. I'm a nerd like that. So I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, too. that's a good one. That that's is fascinating. Great. Thank you so much for being here. This has been enlightening and informative and it's such a pleasure to meet you. And I'm really grateful that you took the time to talk to me today. Yeah, you too, Betsy. Great to, to meet you as well. And uh, I'm I'm honored to be a guest. So thanks for the invite. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you would take a minute and give me a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast player so new episodes will be delivered directly to you as soon as they become available. You can find and connect with me on the High School Hamster Wheel Facebook page. And please consider joining me and my co-host, Jay Dusold, in our Life After 12th Facebook group, where we provide encouragement and help for parents of career-confused teens and 20-somethings. All links and references mentioned during this episode can be found in the show notes. The High School Hamster Wheel Podcast is a proud partner of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.